Hi everyone, uh, welcome to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. Uh, I am your host. Today I'm going to go with the name of... Oh, you know what? I am going to be John Connor. Um, if you know where John Connor's from, tell me about it. If you can relate to the name. If you can't, it's okay. Great set of movies that maybe you'll watch on your own and learn to love. Uh, it is Tuesday today. It is Tuesday, June 9th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Um, well, the year of the apocalypse, let's just call it what it is. And I am saying the date specifically today because typically, you know, I don't, but today is the day that George Floyd is being laid to rest. Uh, if you are not familiar with George Floyd, George Floyd was killed by four police officers, one officer who had his knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds until George was dead. Um, the film has been made widely available online, which I still am not going to watch, and you can see his killing happen. Um, if you have been under a rock, maybe you haven't noticed that there have been protests and lots of coverage on the news and in the media of people and the unrest that this has helped spark. We can't even say that this is something brand new. This is not new that we are being killed in the street by police officers or that we are being treated as less than human. It's now just available to be seen on video and cannot be denied anymore. So... Rest in peace, George Floyd. This episode is in a way an honor for you. And now that you are at peace, hopefully here we can continue the fight and prevent this from happening to more black men and just more black people in general, let's be honest, because they're killing all of us at the same rate. All right. Um, but if you want to interact with the show, please feel free to do so through all of the socials at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or Lifestyle GBB. You'll find me on all of the socials, including the MySpace, the downlink. If you know what the downlink is, I'll buy you a drink this weekend because the bars will be open. And then also, uh, you can email me. Feel free to do that at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. I'll feel free to read your email. I'll look at what you got to say to me on the socials. Um, and in honor of George, I'm only giving you two curse words today to curse at me. And then I'm going to stop reading your letters or stop reading your posts or your comments or your DMs. Um, but I mean, if you're just using curse words in general, that's okay. But it's when they're geared towards me, because again, I've said it multiple times, I can only be called a dumb fucking bitch so many times before I just stop reading an email. Because at that point, I want some like ingenuity in there. Like call me a bod or call me unsavory give me like some old english terms to insult me and then i'll keep reading i definitely will uh so today's episode we are just going to talk about this month because this month is pride month um <clears throat> first thing first i don't remember if i said it before but if you post something in honor of pride this month but have not posted anything about Black Lives Matter, police brutality, or bringing light to the problems that Black people and people of the color in this country are facing from the systemic racism, excuse me, systemic racism that has been created, then I don't want to see your shit. Uh, quite frankly, I'm probably going to block you. If you kept silent this whole time for Black Lives Matter, but then want to speak about pride, you don't care. Let's just be quite honest, and I'm just going to call a spade a spade. You don't care because you wouldn't have pride if it wasn't for a black trans woman. You wouldn't have pride if it wasn't for women in our community 
and people of color getting out there and protesting for it, being there for the movements, saying that we won't go, not backing down, catching the fade with the police officers. Those are the things that brought you pride so you can get drunk covered in rainbows and glitter and scream Stonewall at the top of your lungs. Those are the people who fought for you so you can go out of your house in assless chaps and march in parade next to someone who's dressed like a leather horse. Those are the people who have gone out here and been beat up, assaulted, and just literally treated like shit just because they happen to like men or because they like women or because they're attracted to the same sex or maybe they don't identify with the gender. There's so many things that these people have been attacked for, gay people, us. But just remember, our fight would not be where it is if it wasn't for black, trans women and men and people of color fighting for our rights. We wanna be there. <clears throat> so in honor of that, I do wanna talk about one thing first. And this has been something I've talked about in previous episodes, but I wanna give us an update now. So in 2019, the Human Rights Coalition, I'm sorry, Co Coalition, which is also the Human Rights Campaign, uh, tracked at least 26 deaths of transgender or non-gender conforming people in the United States, the majority of whom were Black transgendered women. These individuals were murdered. They were beat up by people in their community. They were assaulted by officers. When they went to officers, they didn't care. There's not much that's going on to help these people who have been murdered. A lot of the time, their cases just go unsolved, and that's it. Um, now, the details for the cases that were in 2019, I'm not going to get into the specifics of them. If you do want to hear about them, go back into a few later episodes and you can, well, earlier episodes, and you can hear them. But a lot of the times, the assaults that happen to our non-gender conforming and transgender Black people in the queer community is... It can be as simple as they're walking down the street and then they get beat up just because they look different than the person who's next to them. Another thing that happens often, um, there's actually a video out that's been posted of a transgender woman who got into a car accident and because she was transgendered, a community of people, at least 30, 40 people were gonna kill this woman. They beat the shit out of her. And thank goodness she was able to get into a store and they locked her in the back room so nobody could get there to assault her. Um, but that is what happens to people who are just living their lives. Now, in 2020, um, we are halfway through the year and there have already been 12 transgender or gender non-conforming people killed, shot, attacked, and most of the times these uh, cases go underreported or they're just misreported in general. <clears throat> so I want to go through these 12 names of these individuals because they deserve to have their name said. And let's make sure that if you're listening to this, you pass this on, post about these people, bring light to the deaths and assaults of these people who are transgender or gender non-confirming. They are a part of our community. And again, we wouldn't have pride if it wasn't for them. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is Dustin Parker. Dustin was 25 years old and he was fatally shot in McAlster, Oklahoma. Um, I hope I said that right. And Dustin was killed on New Year's Day. Um, his employers released a statement shortly after his death, remembering Parker as a steadfast friend and an amazing husband and father and generous to a fault. He loved furiously, worked tirelessly, and took on life with so much hope and enthusiasm that his presence brightened all of our lives. And that was a statement from his employer. Um, the next person is Nulisa Luciano Ruiz. Um, she was fatally shot in Tauo Baja, Puerto Rico. I'm probably sure I said that wrong, so please correct me if I did. Um, according to the Metro Puerto Rican Police, members of her community reported her as a humble and noble individual. 
another person that was murdered is now i'm pretty sure i'm gonna say the name wrong if i am again please correct me but jampi mendez orocho who's 19 year old and was killed in mocha puerto rico on march 5th um orocho was a transgender man sharing his love of basketball in the nba um he always was wearing a miami heat apparel on social media and the biography on his facebook just simply reads humility prevails our next person we have is monica diamond monica diamond was a black transgendered woman she was killed in charlotte north carolina on march 18th she was active in the charlotte lgbtq community and nightlife and was co-owner of an event promotion company. Um, she was also co-CEO of the International Mother of the Year pageantry system. It's a pageant that honors LGBTQ mothers. Next person is Lexi. Um, I don't have a last name for Lexi. Lexi was 33, a transgender woman who was killed in Harlem, New York on March 28th. According to reports, she was fatally stabbed in Harlem River Park and again Lexi was another beautiful person who just had a beautiful spirit her friend Lavana Brooks uh, sent a message to the news and said that Lexi had a beautiful heart and she was very gifted um, she also noted that Lexi loved poetry makeup and fashion Another one of our transgendered women who has been killed is Joanna Metzger. Um, she was killed in Baltimore, Maryland on April 11th. According to the report, she was visiting a Baltimore recovery center from Pennsylvania at the time. Uh, Joanna was known for her love of music. She taught herself to play multiple instruments. So she was a go-getter. Our next one that we have is Serena Angelique Velasquez Ramos, who was 32 years old, and she was killed alongside her friend, Layla Perez Sanchez, who was 21 years old. Um, they are both from Puerto Rico, and Ramos was visiting her friend Sanchez in Puerto Rico at the time of her death. Um, she was set to come back home to Queens, New York at the end of the month. That was April um, her loved ones say that she was full of life. She was a happy person, a sincere friend. And on May 1st, two men were charged under federal hate crime laws for Ramos's death. So very happy about that. That is what's going to help bring us justice. Um, now we need a conviction. <clears throat> her friend, Layla Pelez Sanchez, uh, was 21 and she was killed along with Ramos, um, in Puerto Rico, Sanchez had recently moved to the island and was living in the Tejas neighborhood of Las Padres, of Las Piedras. On May 1st, along with Ramos's death, two men were charged with her death as well. And hopefully there'll be a conviction. Another one of our sisters who was taken away from us, Penelope Diaz Ramirez. Um, she was a transgendered woman who was killed in Puerto Rico on April 3rd. This was just days before Ramos and Sanchez were killed. Um, and Penelope said in a statement on her social media that transgender people do not deserve to die. Every single advocate, ally, elected official, and community member must stand up in light of these horrific news. In this horrific, excuse me, horrific news. No more. What are we doing to make this enough? Another one of our sisters who was taken is Nina Pop. Um, she was a black transgender woman. She was killed in Sykeston, Missouri on May 3rd. Literally a little over a month ago. Um, she was deeply loved by her family and friends. And this is according to her Facebook page. Another one of our transgendered sisters that was killed, Haley J. O'Regan, 20 years old. She was killed in San Antonio, Texas on May 6th. O'Regan was 
proud of her trans identity and on Twitter, she often spoke against injustice, including the LGBTQ inequality, the prison industrial complex, and the need to de decriminalize sex work. Damien Terrell Campbell, who is 42 years old, has been charged with O'Regan's murder. We just need a conviction now and I hope it keeps happening. And then one that I posted out, this is going to be our last transgender brother that I'm going to talk about. Tony McDade. Uh, I posted him on my social media because I just recently heard about his death. He was killed in Tallahassee, Florida. He was shot dead by the police. Um, his friends and family have shared how energetic, giving, and such a big heart that he had. Um, the officer who killed him, I don't have information about that officer, but we need charges brought forward. We need a conviction for his murder. Tony was killed. He was shot dead by the police officer. And of course, the police officer statement said that Tony was resisting arrest and was violent and aggressive before the actual arrest attempt occurred. And just like in George Floyd's death, we have video completely con contradicting that. Tony was not aggressive, was not violent, was not trying to hurt this police officer. So... Those are the 12 deaths of our transgendered and gender non-confirming LGBTQ plus family members who have been taken from us in acts of violence alone. Again, if you are not posting about how Black Lives Matter, I don't want to see a post from you about pride because the same way we have pride out here and pride is supposed to be for everybody, it is not reflective of what's happening right now. Black queer lives matter. All black lives matter. And if we're going to celebrate pride, but we're not bringing forth our black and people of color who are part of the LGBT community who have been hurt, killed, maimed, assaulted just for living their life, then we are not really celebrating pride. All, all we're doing again is celebrating the fact that we get to put glitter all over our bodies. Go out into the street and some assless chaps. Go out in the street, dress like a dog. Go out in the street, dress like a pup. Go out in the street, covered in rainbow shit that makes no motherfucking sense. Look, none of us want to walk out of our house looking like Takeshi 69 Ugh. Like, you just look like you vomited Skittles at that point after they were eaten by a unicorn who shit out said Skittles. That's what you look like covered in all that rainbow shit. But we do it because we have the ability to do it now. And it's brought forth by the people of color who have laid down their lives before us. <clears throat> so I just wanted to share that little bit um, because it is Pride Month. And I do think it's very important that we talk about it, especially when it comes to pride and everything that happens this month. Pride is a month that puts... The queer community, I'm not going to say on a pedestal, but in the foresight of what people see when it comes to celebrating and loving who you are. And I want to bring that to relate it back to the fact that Black Lives Matter and the protests that are happening are about showing you that Black people are not the aggressors. We are not the monsters. We are not the animals. We're being killed just because we're Black. And it's underreported because we're black and people haven't done anything because they haven't cared because we're black. I have just gone through 12 cases of transgendered and non-gender confirming people who were killed just because of who they are. Magnify that by a hundred times. People are being killed just because they're black. And a lot of the times it's ruled as justifiable, that the justifiable amount of force was needed. And truly, we can see in the videos, it's not. Now, policing, and we'll get into it because police have a very integrated relationship with the queer community. But police have a history of beating the shit out of people being the aggressors, being the attack dogs, being the animals that go in there and just get shit done by assaulting the shit out of people. Assaulting people is not policing. As a police officer, you do not need to always attack somebody just because they don't comply with what you're saying. Attacking somebody should be your last resort. 
which so often we see is the first resort for police officers. And it's very, very scary to see. Now, the same way I said, if you didn't post anything about Black Lives Matter, I don't want to see a post from you about pride. If you're a police officer who doesn't do these things to people, but you have kept silent about it and just stood there and did nothing, you are just as wrong. You're just as evil. You are just as culpable in that murder as all the other officers. Just so you know. Now, you're probably wondering, how does all this relate to Pride? Because I keep saying, it's Pride Month and we're going to talk about Pride. Well, in the initial phases before Stonewall and the riots of Stonewall, police officers were typically sent in to be the aggressors to gay establishments. They would pull gay men, queer women, non-gender conforming, transgender, anybody who identified under the queer umbrella. They would pull us out of clubs, beat the shit out of us, arrest us, throw us in jail for a night just because we were gay people in a place that we made for ourselves for safety and weren't thinking about them at all. I want to let that sink in for my people who have said, oh no, you know what? I support Black people not being killed by the police, but I'm not going to say anything about Black Lives Matter. Just think about it and do your research and history of gay people in America. Gay people in America were treated just like dogs alongside black men when they were arrested in the past. Just think about that. So you watch a black man get pulled out of his car, beat by six other men with billy clubs and assaulted with batons and pepper sprayed and kicked and choked and all these things. We see it happen to a black man. Just remember that same thing was happening to gay people less than 50 years ago. So if you think that you are not going to be affected or by touched by Black Lives Matter, you already have been. Just think about that. Another thing to think about, when people say all lives matter, if you don't understand why all lives matter is a bad thing, then I'll explain it to you. When we say Black Lives Matter, we have never said other lives don't matter. But black lives are the ones that are being taken at the highest rate and most often that we can see on video. So other lives are important, but other lives are not the lives that are being targeted and attacked and snuffed out. Black lives are. So until black lives matter and all black lives matter, then when you say all lives matter, you're telling a lie. They don't. Because again, black lives are still being taken while other lives are not. I just had to stand on my soapbox for a couple of minutes because all of this is going to come full circle when I come back from break. So I'm going to go make a little drink, uh, probably pack a bowl. And you know what, girls? I'll be back. All right, y'all. I have returned. Nice little drink in the cup. Um, bowl is packed, but I didn't actually smoke it. So, you know, you may hear me light up um, at some point during the second half of this. But uh, so I wanted to talk about what brings us back to pride. Everything that's happening right now with the Black Lives Matter protest and what's going to happen further as we go on. So... With Pride Month being this month, it is important to take into account that the queer community is going to be a lot more visible. And with us being visible, it's a chance for people who identify as queer or are part of the queer community or an ally to use their voice to not only continue representing for the queer community, but then also make sure that we educate the queer community on the struggles of people who maybe they haven't paid much attention to. Um, it's very easy at times to get into your own struggle of what you have to go through to fight through equality and then miss out on the struggle that the person right alongside of you could be having. 
in the queer community, um, being a black man who is cisgendered in the queer community in a predominantly white uh, neighborhood and atmosphere, it is really challenging for me sometimes to say that I love my community. It can be very challenging, quite honestly. Um, in the world of the apps, if you're on the apps and you're a gay, black, cisgendered man, um, I'm pretty sure you can agree with some of the statements I'm going to say to you now that you get as a first message. Now, I typically don't get a hello in my first message in any of the apps. The messages that come, um, which happen to be from a majority of white men, are, oh, I can't wait to see your BBC. BBC, if you're not familiar with it, is not the British Broadcasting Channel. It is a big black cock. Just like that, with a K in there, cock. <laughs> um, or I'll see, oh, how big is that BBC? Do you want to fuck me tonight? I love taking black cock. I love that you look like the dark knight. I'm going to call you my dark knight. You're really handsome for a black man. Oh, I didn't realize black people have piercings like you. My husband and I would love to have a big black clock over to ride. Now, those are just some of the greetings, and I'm gonna use air quotes when I say it of greetings, that I get. Because people see me as a black person online and in the queer community, unfortunately, a lot of, I'm not even to say white men, but a lot of men in the queer community tend to uh, fetishize black men, especially if you're not out, um, let's say you're very masculine. Um, I will use the term passing. Um, that means people can't tell that you're gay or maybe they have no idea that you're part of the queer community. And we get a lot of that fetishization that occurs with us when we are on there, when we're in the spectrums, when we're in the trenches of Jacked and Grinder and A for A and all those bullshit apps. It sucks because you're being a part of your community, which is the queer community, but then you see how you're alienated, fetishized, and sometimes even ostracized because of the color of your skin. And I want to put that into perspective because it actually does hurt. It hurts very bad when you are a part of a community that has been marginalized, like the queer community, that has been attacked and assaulted, like the queer community. But then they look at you as an other, not one of us. Because... A lot of establishments, at least in my area where I live at, are owned by white men. And these are establishments and spaces that are reserved for the queer community. Unfortunately, a lot of them are owned by white men. I don't think there's actually one Black-owned queer space that I am aware of. Um, those spaces happen to be the only queer spaces that are here. So they are swamped by all of the queer people, or at least a lot of the white queer population and even in the white queer population you still have the good old boys and the racist that exist and they're not going anywhere but it's just crazy to see how they can discriminate against somebody who is also queer just because of the color of their skin people who are racist people who are colorist people who are bigoted people who are xenophobes they're always looking for someone else's neck to stand on and they're not doing it the Dario way. They're not even saying, excuse me. No, they're just going to stand on your neck because they need to feel better than somebody else who is out there. And unfortunately, that's what happens a lot in the queer community, especially in my own experiences with it. Now, since it is Pride Month, I do want to share with you my coming out story. And I'll share with you my coming out story. Um, my experience of coming out I did a blood drive for my school. I was running as student body president and any of the candidates who were running for student body president went and donated blood to the Red Cross that was there collecting blood. 
I made my donation and that was it. Quick and simple photo op. It was real cute. And for my photo op, guess what I didn't have to do? I didn't have to pepper spray a bunch of people who are peacefully protesting. I actually just did the thing, which was donating blood. And then somebody took my picture. Um, you know, hint, hint, side note, nudge in the arm. Maybe if you actually just went to church, you could have gotten your photo op. But I'm just saying. But uh, did the donation and then about a week to two weeks later, a letter comes to my house. Now, I was living with my parents at the time. I was 16 years old. And uh, we get the letter. Now, my parents didn't see it, only I saw it. And it said, there's an issue with your blood donation. Call this number and get up a counseling. So I call the number, a woman answers. And I explain to her that I got this letter. And I say to her, is it HIV? Is something wrong with my blood? And she says, I can't tell you that over the phone, but I will definitely meet with you tomorrow. So go to school tomorrow. I can't focus, can't sleep. Of course, my mind is running laps all over the place because I'm nervous. I'm like, well, maybe I have HIV or, you know, then I started Googling shit and I was like, okay, maybe I just have malaria. Like I was happy to hear those. I was like, okay, maybe it's malaria. Maybe it's West Nile. You know, none of the biggies. I can handle it. We're good. Now, when I think about it, I kind of chuckle to myself because I was hoping I had malaria of all things. Um, so I get there and they take me into a room with the Red Cross. And the woman who was on the phone with me, she looks at me and she says, yep, it was HIV. You were right. And I think she assumed that I knew that I had HIV. I think she assumed that I had already had all this information, that this was nothing new to me, because she said it very nonchalantly. She quickly found out that I did not know because I immediately burst into tears, probably the most violent outburst I've ever had in my life, screaming, yelling, crying, kicking, trying to walk out of the room, and thank goodness she hugged me and she stopped me. Uh... But of course, they had to call my parents. I was so distraught and didn't know what to do. They had to call my parents. So my parents come, they sit down in the room, and then the woman who told me I have HIV told them that I was HIV positive. And then from there, the ball kind of just rolled down the hill of them understanding that, oh, okay, I got it because I've been having sex with men because I'm gay. Now, in the past, they had their... Uh, proclivities, I guess you could say, or they had their assumptions that I was gay. And of course, they made it very clear that that was not okay for them. Um, definitely, it was a very bad thing for them because they have no idea how it feels to be gay. But that is my coming out story. Now, not every coming out story is always fun and happy. I wish I had one of the fun, happy ones. And I see them happen online and I love those parents. Um, to any parents who do listen to me, and maybe you have a child who you think could be gay, or maybe a child who has come out to you, please understand that that moment is probably the hardest moment in that child's life to date, to tell you that they are different. It, it's it's going to be hard. Please just be there as an ear to listen. Even if you're confused, you don't understand it completely, maybe you don't agree with it, when you get angry at them just because they came to talk to you about something they've been battling with, and trust me, they've been battling with it because they haven't had a shoulder to cry on most likely at home since they don't, haven't told you that they're gay or haven't told you that they're queer or haven't told you that they are transgender. Even if you don't understand just hug them. Give them love. Do something to be that supportive base for them to let them know that even though the world out there is going to rip you to shreds because you're different, I won't do it at home. Um, I just think that that just would be beneficial and great to everybody. But I say all these things that I've said to talk about Black Lives Matter, coming out, marginalization in your own community of being queer, to hopefully bridge that gap for anybody who doesn't understand that this fight is not just our fight. This isn't just for Black people to fight on their own. Our white allies, our queer allies, our straight allies, people of color, 
allies because I want to make it very clear the experience of people of color and the experience of black people is very different. We are not on the same level when it comes to how we're treated. But I just want to bring that forward in the forefront to explain that all these things are interrelated when it comes to where you live in your community, when it comes to how you identify in this world. Every person is in this together. And if we don't stop the violence that is allowed to happen, it's only going to get worse. It only gets worse. Now, I had a question that was sent to me in the mailbox, and I thought it'd be great for us to go over uh, today. And this question was sent to me by Dwayne. And Dwayne just simply asked, what can we do to make sure that we are the best version of ourselves? so that we can also help others around us. We are in the middle of a social breakdown and a social revolution that we have never been a part of before. And now it's being televised at an, I'm gonna say alarming rate. I think that's what that word's supposed to be. I'm sorry, it's misspelled, um, but at an alarming rate. So Duane, to answer your question, To make sure that we are the best version of ourselves, one of the most important things that I think is that we take care of ourselves. You have to take care of yourself. And take care can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. When I say take care of yourself, that's when you're doing that check-in with yourself, maybe while you're brushing your teeth in the mirror. I do it all the time while I'm brushing my teeth in the mirror. I look at myself and I say, okay, Andrew, how do you feel about the days previous to today and how do you feel today? Maybe I'll give myself a physical pat down. I still have my head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I can still stand on my own two feet. Yeah, maybe I have a bruise or I have a cut or something somewhere from doing some dumb shit while I was drunk, but physically I'm all still here. And then after the physical look over, I do a mental check-in with myself as well. Maybe I'll bring up something like, okay, Andrew, you still have this task to accomplish. Do you feel that you can accomplish it today? Maybe I feel immediate fear or turmoil when I think about that task. And we're going to say this task is to, I don't know, wash all of my spoons. It can seem like such a small task, but maybe I don't want to wash my spoons today. Maybe running water It's just making me feel uncomfortable. So now it's time to figure out why am I feeling uncomfortable around running water? Did something happen? Is this a trigger? Is this opening up a gateway to something I didn't know existed? Asking myself those questions is a way to do my mental check-in with myself. Then I do a check-in of my physical space around me. Everything that's around me, is it doing something to benefit me? Is it doing something to hurt me? A benefit could be, you know what? Maybe I go to sleep with a cup of water next to me on the nightstand every night because I get incredibly thirsty throughout the night. That cup of water is a benefit to me because now I don't have to get out of bed to go to my kitchen to pour a glass of water, then to walk back to my bedroom, probably stub my toe or fall over something since the lights are off and I don't want to turn the lights on in my apartment because then I'm going to wake up, wake up to avoid all of that sleep with a cup of water next to my bed. Another thing of my spatial check-in, maybe the energy in my apartment's off. I recently decided to rearrange everything in my apartment and I just feel it flows so much smoother. The energy, that feng shui is now where it needs to be. That's a way to check in with myself and make sure that I remain the best version of myself that can possibly be out there. Another thing that I do that I feel is very important and I'm going to suggest for everybody is I go to therapy. Get yourself a therapist. Somebody who you can talk to objectively. Somebody who you are paying because their job is to help you get to where you want to be, which is hopefully going to be your best self. This person has no vested interest in this. You're coming to them and giving them your dollars, your ducats, your doubloons, your coins, your shells, your bells to talk to. 
that can be a great way of being the best you can be for yourself. Having that person there who objectively is going to say, hey, girl, what you're talking about right now sounds real fucking dumb. So how about we revamp this? Because I know you want to go into work and throw all of the supplies in the air, knock over all the computers and do all these things. But you do realize you cannot keep your job if you do that. And sometimes you just need that objective voice to tell you, hey, girl, you are going to do something that's really going to fuck you up right now. Or then sometimes you just need that voice that's out there that says, hey, so remember, we talked about this a week ago. Where's your progress at? What are you doing? Um, maybe you need to go buy a calendar. And then you say to yourself, okay, I'll go buy a calendar another day. And that's when the therapist says, uh, wait, don't you have a calendar right on your phone? Or, hey, you can actually order it from your phone while we're sitting here right now. And sometimes you just need that voice of that person that's there to push you and motivate you to do those things. That can also be your friends. Um, I am so grateful for the friends that I have. And I probably don't tell them enough. And if you happen to listen... Yes, I appreciate you. I appreciate all of you for everything that you do because you are also my mental check-in to make sure that I am where I need to be. And then you're also that voice that says, hey girl, you haven't talked to us in days. What the fuck is going on? And then they'll show up on my door and you know, probably at some point they're just gonna have keys. They'll just walk into my apartment. Hopefully I'll just be eating pancakes and it won't be anything compromising they walk into. But uh. Dwayne, that is how I answer your question when it comes to making sure that I'm the best version of myself. Um, Because when I'm the best version of myself, I can definitely help other people. And hopefully that feeling, that vibe that I'm going to give off, that energy that I'll give off being my best self can also transfer to somebody else who maybe isn't in the best space and wants to be their best self. Uh, Just things that I hope for. Um, so thank you for sending that question and I really appreciate it. Um, and we're probably going to do a mailbag episode coming up because I have a bunch of things in the mailbox that we definitely should talk about and answer some questions, maybe give you some advice on how to break up with your ain't good, ain't shit, significant other. <laughs> All right. Uh, just one last thing that I do want to get into. Um, and this is going to be, this is going to be for Uh, people who have sent me things or even if you're friends and maybe you don't know it, uh, family and maybe you don't know it, Candace Owens. Candace Owens is a, uh, I guess you can call her a political commentator um, and she works for Fox News. I think she does Fox News exclusively um, to be quite honest. And she has made videos. Uh, she has posted a video recently about how she doesn't support uh, the protest. She doesn't support the riots. She doesn't uh, actually have anything as far as support for George Floyd. Um, in a snippet in one of the videos and in the comments on it, I saw that she said he wasn't a good man. Um, now... Candace Owens is problematic. She's like Tommy Lauren. If you don't know who Tommy Lauren is, just Google her. You'll just see a stupid white bitch who's just being dumb. Um, And when I say white, the race is actually very important for this one. Uh, But Candace Owens, to all of my white friends or white connections on social media or people who want to spark the conversation when it comes to Black Lives Matter and you are not black, Do not show me or send me a video from Candace Owens. If that is the person that you're leaning to to say, well, black people are saying that this is wrong and black people shouldn't be doing this, Candace Owens is not the one to send that video from. Candace Owens, for me, has been placed on a sick and shut-in list. The girl just needs to stop talking. Candace Owens, um, I'm going to say that she is not a part of the black culture. She is not a part of the culture. I don't claim her to be a part of the black family because she is not. Um, Her viewpoints, if you haven't listened to them, they are anti-black for the most part. Um, They are pro-Republican. 
They are pro-segregation. I'm just going to call it that way. They are pro-racism. They are pro-self-hate. One, I don't trust a girl who looks like she has never flat ironed her hair. I don't trust her. I love kinky hair. I love natural hair. But Candace Owens got something else going on. Candace, I know you won't listen to this, but if you do, I need you to understand that your makeup person does not like you. If they let you get on camera with your hair and your makeup looking like that all the time, you need to ask them what you have done to offend them to let you go out there looking like that. You look crazy, girl. Your wigs are always leaning to the left. Your eyebrows are arched further than they would naturally be on your face. Like, girl, come on. And then when you do, which I hope is not your natural hair, but when you do have your natural hair out, which I think it is, you it's like your makeup team to even take a chance to style it. They did your face, but they're just like, okay, girl, just go out there. I, I It's going to sound petty to just talk about her looks. But again, I'm going to say, I don't trust a girl who comes out there looking like that and then spewing the backwards idiotic shit that you do out of your mouth. I don't even see how you fix your teeth to say some of the things that you say. But girl, no. Now that I'm done insulting her, I just want to, again, make it clear. If you are one of the people who wants to come and talk to me about, well, the protest shouldn't be happening and the rioting shouldn't be happening, do not show me, quote me, or do anything that comes from Candace Owens or uh, what's his name? He used to be super fucking smart. Read about him in school. Um, He's part of the Trump administration. Ben Carson. Do not show me anything from Ben Carson. Ben Carson, I remember when I read about you in school and you did very complex neurosurgeries on people's brains. And I had so much respect for you. But damn, you know the benefit of those things when I was reading them about them in school? You couldn't talk back. Now that I can actually hear your voice and the things that you're saying, you are about as smart as a brick that was made out of dust. You are dumb. And any person who wants to quote Ben Carson to me, the only thing I'm going to say back to you is you were a surgeon, one of the best neurosurgeons in the world. But for the Trump administration, you were put in head of HUD and housing. How does that make any sense? But you said, oh, yep, I'm going to go over here because he told me to do it. You look so stupid. You look dumb. Um, you spent, I think it was $300,000 on a coffee table and then tried to blame it on your wife. And this was a public money paid by taxpayers. You are literally the worst, the worst of the worst when it comes to black men. You're the worst. So again, I bring that up to say any of my allies out there, any friends, anybody who wants to talk with me about the looting and the protests and the riots, don't you quote him. Ben Carson stays out of the conversation. As soon as you quote him, your whole argument becomes invalid. Same thing with Candace Owens. All right, that's all I've got for y'all this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, or if you didn't, if you didn't like it, that's okay. Still, I would appreciate it if you gave me a rating on whatever po- uh, podcast app you're listening on. Share it, review it with your friends, your family. Maybe you just want to talk shit about the host of the show. He does have a bit of a whiny, nasally voice, and that shit gets annoying. Um, but if you would like to contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, Feel free to reach out to me on all of the socials at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or at Lifestyle GBB. My page will come up whether you type in Lifestyle GBB or Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. Um, you can also reach out to me by email and that's LifestyleGBB at gmail.com. That's Lifestyle G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. I'll be sure to read your emails and I'll give you two curse words today before I stop reading. 
but I can also keep you anonymous if you would like your content shared on the show. And to keep you anonymous, I will just make sure I don't say your name. Maybe I'll make up a name for you. I will keep you more hidden than Takeshi 69 has been hidden on his release since he's been let out of prison. I will keep you more hidden than... Ooh. I will keep you more hidden than the black staff who works at Fox, aside from Candace Owens. That's how secret I will keep you. All right, y'all. So I hope you enjoy. Be safe out here this weekend. There will be more protests going on. uh, So just be safe. If you go out and protest, three tips I want to make sure that you know. Have a protest buddy. Never go to a protest alone and never leave a protest alone. You never know what can happen to you, especially the fact that there are people upset that we are out in the street saying that our lives matter. They are big mad that we are not just shutting up like good little niggers and sitting in a corner. So be safe. Make sure you always have a protest buddy. Bring water. You are going to be out in the streets. It's going to be hot. You're going to be in the sun. You're going to be sweating. It is very easy to overheat, possibly develop heat stroke, or just get so dehydrated that you pass out. So bring water. Also, water is good for wetting your face covering. If tear gas is sprayed or if mace is sprayed, the water helps prevent the gas and powder from getting through the barrier of your mask or bandana or whatever you're doing to protect your face. Third tip, do not wear contacts. If you wear contacts, remember that pepper spray is a gas and powder. And imagine if that gets under your contact, which means you can't flush out your eyes, it's only going to burn more and more and more. So those are my tips for you. Have a good weekend. Um, I can't wait to talk with y'all again because we've got some great things coming up in the work. A new podcast is in development with my friend Marco. It is going to be called Sip and Smoke. I'm sorry, no, Smoke and Sip. I said it backwards. So Smoke and Sip is going to be the name of our podcast. And you're going to see some promotional material coming up for it. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And I'll talk to you again next week.